your your immovability, Lord, the fact that you are uh, so good and and your your justice still reigns, you're still merciful and gracious and 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 Lord, we understand that in times of confusion and and instability, um, we look to you and hold on to you, our rock. And so, even as we look at these, uh, the commandment today, Lord, we ask that you would uh, invigorate our discussion, that it would be beneficial, Lord, that it would be a discussion that that increases our our faith and our trust in you. And Lord, also may it increase the wonder of who you are. In Jesus' name, Amen. So we finished up. For the most part, um, you shall not commit adultery last week. Um, to, to continue to beat on that might be um, not beneficial because we know, I think we all have agreed that <laughs> the world is infatuated with sex and immorality. And uh, you, you can't, it's hard to, to avoid the debauchery and whatnot that's going on in the world today. And so we as believers have to have to encourage one another to keep the standard, right? This is what God says. This is what we believe. This is what we hold on to. Um, and uh, despite the world that says you're totally crazy for uh, not uh, test driving the car before you buy it, right? I mean, that's the, the, the saying that goes. So um, today we jump into the seventh commandment, which seems straightforward. But with this group, I hope it's not as straightforward as it seems um, because I think it's good for us to discuss these things. And we have mentioned time card fraud. So great segue. Thanks, Robert, for that. So, yeah. Oh, Laura's down there and Bonnie's down there. There's two of them down there. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're down there. No, no, <laughs> you're like, they'll be fine. <laughs> That's awesome. No. So the seventh commandment is you shall not steal. Um, so what does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in a dishonest way. Okay, understandable. But, and again, I talked about this last week, what Luther did was, okay, so what if you don't steal? How then should we act, right? Um, in Ephesians chapter 4, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Um, and so that's, he's, he's kind of instructing people on the basics. So you're not going to take stuff from a dishonest way, but help him, that is your neighbor, to improve and protect his possessions and income. So, let's just get it out there. What are ways that we steal? How many people have ever walked through a grocery store and grabbed a grape? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, not if my wife's with me. No. Okay. <laughs> so, testing the fruit before. Um, okay, so we take something from the store and we think it's harmless. Well, I have to make sure that the grape's okay before I, you know. It isn't even that. It's just done without thought. Oh, okay. Well, so we take grapes. That's stealing. So. <laughs> what else? What, what are some other ways that we, we steal? Well, like if you leave the grocery store and you find something didn't get checked, uh, and you got to stop and turn around and go all the way back down to Walmart, which is a long way. 
Yeah. It was parked by McDonald's, so yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because it'll bug you. Yeah. Well, if you want to get if you want to get personal, that's fine. But I think when I say we, I'm talking about just people in general. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I mean, we have the, the 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 Bernie Madoff schemes, right? You know, the Ponzi schemes and things like that. We have, um, I mean, the 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 big ones are just you know out there. You take something that's not yours. You, I think of David, who uh, took a wife that wasn't his to take, um, and it caused quite a bit more things. So the ripple effect of stealing could be. Uh, somewhat uh, challenging, shall we say. Um, so anything else that sticks out to you? I mean, I think we're all pretty much saying it's taking something that's not yours. But when we say what are ways that we steal, I mean, intellectual property is an interesting Someone who, like myself who's a songwriter who puts his stuff uh, as a copy written. If someone takes it and claims it as their own, by the way, I usually don't care if they do. But, you know, that can be something that, that not, not honest on their part. Susan? I'm not sure in context that would be, I think you're like, yeah, I'm actually saving. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think that, that um, but we could take that to the, uh, the flip side, right? Someone who has a faith in Christ, the true faith, um, what's right, and then someone tries to rip that away from them and and um, you know, so we find that. But sometimes you wonder, especially when it comes to religion, is someone just freely giving it, right? Um, because when you talk about um, our faith, what we find a lot is um, compromised relationships that that pull someone from their faith. Or I have good friends, um, used to be good friends in in New Mexico, who joined. I don't want to get into this system, but joined uh, politics to make a difference. Um, and then you find them not plugged in to regular fellowship anymore because uh, politics became has become their religion um, yeah, to some degree. That's an there. Yeah, no, that's why I said we're not going to get into that one. But <laughs> let's discuss a system that that we all we all everyone everybody in this room has to subscribe to, and that is taxes. Okay. So if you look at the way that a lot of tax law is put into play, it's set up so that you kind of have to manipulate or you have to have really good lawyers or a really good accountant 
and a really good accountant will save you money or reduce your tax burden. At what point does that then become theft, as opposed to playing the game or being aware of the way that the process works? Sure, Steve. I was just going to say that uh, I'm not as old as everybody in here, but I'm old enough to be paying taxes. To answer your question, uh, tax is not tax uh, uh, corruption, it's tax avoidance. And it's been my observation that my buddy's telling me, and it's growing, that 72,000 pages of IRS code, you have violated something in there, whether you knew it or not, Right. but that's not a guilty. What I'm saying is that you probably underreported you probably spent more because you didn't tally out over the year. You're probably safe before the Lord. You go, even if my intention was to take a deduction, I'm sure someplace in your uh, your taxes, you gave more than you remember. Right, and, I, and I'm not gonna argue that, and I think I agree with that, but the, the premise of my conversation are, it still kind of holds true. Here, here, here's what I'm trying to say. When I was in my 30s, um, I would simply grab my taxes and throw, that, throw out my, my 1040 easy or whatever and just jot down what I made and pull off the table and move forward. <clears throat> then as my life progressed and, and became a little bit more complicated, uh, I realized I could no longer do that and took taxes to an accountant and said, here you go. And he says, okay, this is this one. Now why don't you give me the last couple of years and went through and, and found where I had been, as you said, uh, overpaying. Um, and then I look at today in um, current times and, and we have a president who's being accused of not obeying enough and, and, and I look at that and I think, you know, the guy's got enough attorneys and he's got enough really smart people that I'm sure he's playing. But at what point does that become where do you step over that line and, and start gaming the system, so to speak? Well, they have a compliance system in the IRS, and, and if you, if, if it's bad enough, I'm sure the Lord can bring a humbling through <laughs> the IRS, because they'll just send you a letter, and they'll, they'll request documentation. And so basically, yes, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, just be released from your guilt. I'm sure that that's, yeah. you, that's why you have tax preparation. Well, but it is, a, it, is a, it is a, really boils down to, and then we'll, We'll dive into the word here a little bit, but um, to the attention of the heart, right? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, Jesus says, "Render to Caesar, unto Caesar, and and unto God what to God." And so the question then is, um, are you saying, "Hey, find me ways that I can cheat the system," or are you saying, "Let's use the tax laws um, to their full advantage mm -hmm. um, and pay what I owe, but not anymore." Um, so I, I think that, that really we have to start looking at the, the heart, uh, you know, back to your initial thing. Why did you take that grape? Is that a heart issue? I mean, are you like, well, yeah, because you're like, well, I just took something that's not mine, right? But when it comes, so it really boils down to, to what's my thought process on this? If the system is set up in a way that makes you pay less taxes, I say use it, but. <laughs> I think a caveat of that would be, let's say that you're, well, you, did you give any money? Don't you have any donations here? Yeah. So the guy runs out and donates it. Uh, with a, not with the right heart, but mm -hmm. only to save money on his taxes. That's uh, what my brother did with his stock. <laughs> 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 
And don't rattle your drum. So what I'm hearing is a general consensus that we agree on is that in many things, not all things, but in many of these subjective things, it comes down to your heart, your soul, your intent, where your mind is. Yeah, I mean, if we look at Colossians 3, and it says, that whatever you do in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. I think if we look at it that way, and you're working for God and not for man, so we yeah. look at it that way, and that's our goal, right, is, Lord, we want we want our lives to align with what you have said is, is beneficial and good and, and God-honoring. I, I think that's what we rest in, is the Holy Spirit's doing that in our yeah. life. And, you know, do we still screw up and make some mistakes? Well, absolutely, but, but that I always look at David, which... So glad that his life was recorded for us. He might not be, but no. But that, you know, a man that was actually pursued God, but yet along the way there's a few hiccups, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, and yet God always restored him. So let's, uh, Leviticus 19, let's look at how God defines stealing. So someone grab Leviticus 19.35, and then we'll hear that, and then we'll move on. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Okay. So calibrate your scales, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so make sure it's it's there. Um, yeah, even the payday hedge funds. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you buy now is less ounces and more money than your cash. Okay, so let me let me if you, are these companies then not stealing from us when you go to buy a Gatorade and it's been 32 ounces forever and all of a sudden you pick it up and it's 28 Well, yeah, that's... Just don't buy it. Well, I understand. But the, but the principle and the point of discussion is still the same. No, sure. And I think there are companies out there that are specifically trying to, to cheat people. Um, but we do know that, that, you know, and I know that it's interesting because you can get a soda at McDonald's, whatever size, for a buck, but the Big Mac has gotten a lot smaller. I've had a Big Mac for years, but it seems like the Big Mac's gotten a lot smaller, and I don't think it's because I've, I'm grown up, because <laughs> I've had a Big Mac since I've been an adult, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, no, I don't think so. I hope not. Anyway, Psalm 37, 21. <laughs> the wicked borrows and does not A game, yeah. bankruptcy yeah. game. I think but that's they borrow, important. But they don't repay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the bankruptcy laws were, were set up for good reason, um, and the the cha- the problem we have today is you know you mentioned lawyers for tax lawyers again. You get the lawyers involved, and it becomes something um, that is easy to do and doesn't restructure like it was supposed to and doesn't really help you because again we can even go back to when we looked at at you shall not murder and the abortion issue you know abortion for some people has become birth control right whereas where and and for for bankruptcy has become that to some people they just play the game on the side the big pg&e Well, now what they've been able is that most of what you're going to get in 
stuff mm -hmm. in their companies, which is nothing. And you're still paying and them. And they still have nowhere to live and no money. And, and you're still money. paying them every month, and their rates yeah. went up. But I don't know how that is. <laughs> so back in the, er, in the uh, I guess it would have been the late 70s, uh, there was a big PG&E in California was um, before SMUD came along. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a big push against PG&E. And I just remember a, a jingle that said, PG&E, quit pigging out on me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I won't sing it for you, but, um, <laughs> but it stuck with me. But, but you know, um, uh, what to say, you're, it's your turn to learn to live within your means. PG&E, quit pigging out on me. So, I mean, we're kind of back to to that again and there's really and you know in that area in any utility area there's no there's no competition so that is that a form of I mean you've got to look at that you yeah. know there's uh, no competition so Psalm uh, 3721 Ephesians 428 let him who uh, who stole steal no longer but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something uh, to give to him who is in need. And so what I like about the New Testament, I mean, I like the Old Testament too, but what, we see Jesus do this, and we see the Apostle Paul and Peter do this, where, you know, well, this is what the, the law says, you shall not steal. So that's not it. But then it says, okay, well, if you, you know, let him who steals, steal no more, but do this, right? So it's not just the act of not stealing. It's the act of, you, you know, uh, how have you done the converse of that, right? And said, okay, I've, I've actually helped people. Because that's God's heart, right? Is that we're supposed to be generous people and we're supposed to help one another. Can I segue real quick? Sure. The Bible is reading. Oh, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's not an authorized version. It's a, <laughs> it's a, a, a New King James. Okay, because I, I, on, my, on my app, I have uh, the current NIV with uh. the 2011. That's and what it, I usually use is and it's very, their, their verbiage is very different. Mm -hmm. well, it is, well, let's hear it. That's what I'm saying. Um, so here's what, in, uh, here's what uh, uh, 2011 NIV says. Again, fundamentally it's the same. It's just written very differently. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Mm -hmm. King James is really is hard for me. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I usually use it. Well, fortunately, it's the new King James, and there's no these and those. So let's look at the ESV. Um, let him, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And and that's interesting that they make that let the thief because that's a defining term, right? This is who that person is. You're a thief. There's a, right? There's an identity there that is... That, go ahead, Nick. And, and isn't that all repentance? I mean, who that person has turned right. from being a thief mm -hmm. and becoming productive and not only just productive, but then giving to those in need. Yeah. yeah. So, so being a... I guess Jacob would be a bad thing if you love your name, you know, heel catcher, dirty lineman, you know, scumbag, or whatever interpretation, I'm just going to say that's a bad, I mean, that, that'd be hard to have your name be your identity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, which one? Well, that's why we see that, yeah. 
that God changed his name to Israel. <laughs> Except when he wasn't being governed by God, then it went back to Jacob. So you know, it's fun. <laughs> That's a fun thing. Second uh, Thessalonians 3.10. Go ahead, Susan. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Wow. So basically the, the inference of that is if you're not if you're not working, now we're I'm gonna be very blunt and we'll talk about that. If you're not working and you're eating, you're stealing from somebody is pretty much what that's saying, right? Would we all agree with that? So how do we how do we again now we're gonna get back to the intent of the heart here, we're gonna get back to a lot of things, but how do we how do we wrestle with um, and again that, that the, just reading that by itself is a little out of context, right? But the principle is there that God intends for us to be people who, who work. But what about the person on disability? What about the person who, who, who physically can't work? What about the person who's on unemployment for a time? I mean, obviously we're in a, a world like that. Um, does that mean that, that they shouldn't be eating? So what are your thoughts? Intent of the heart. I mean, some of it comes down to that. Obviously, there are people who simply won't work because they can scam the system. Yep. Yeah, and we look at today's society, and you're absolutely right, and there's a big major push for, um, what is it called, democratic socialism. Yeah, that's a bad word to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right if it's, and again, in context of, of Thessalonica here, there were people who were like, church is supposed to take care of me. So you, that's what you guys say you're supposed to do. So where's my food? And being someone who's been in ministry a long time, um, I watched people in New Mexico at the big church right there just game the system. In fact, it was so bad in New Mexico that Thursdays was the day that the benevolence pastor who oversaw that was off. It was his day off. And people in the community knew that he wasn't there that day, so they would show up that day, so one of the other guys on staff had to take care of it, and we, they, we had him fill out paperwork, but we had the guy come in on Friday, Sam, and go, why'd you give them a box? I just gave them one Tuesday. And it's like, because we, we didn't have this relationship with them, and we didn't know them, and you know, um, so it's, it's a little bit of a sensitive area for me, because I would take boxes out to cars, and there would already be three boxes in the trunk, um, I would always get upset, just my personal thing, when guys wouldn't come in, but they'd be sitting in the car and they'd send their, their wife in, and then we had, or girlfriend, whatever, and then we had people that would look at our box, oh, do you have any more of that? I don't want any of that. I'm like, whoa, yeah. you know, yeah. so, so yeah. now we've got a problem. But <laughs> <laughs> so I think I, I, I agree with you, Harold, that's definitely, you know, am I in a temporary state and I'm looking for work and I'm, I'm you know. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of Harold's uh, uh, comment not just the intent of what do you do with the people who go to war, wounded warriors? You lose an army, you're in Afghanistan, you're hurt. You know, it's not like they're, they're doing, they're doing a noble service for the country. So you have that and then all the way to the other end. And so I think that that's why there's rules, guidelines, uh, things set up that you pass through the, um, the loopholes or the requirements for it, whether it be state, federal, or whatever, uh, uh, it could be uh, whatever state you live in, disability requirements. And even in that, it's like the IRS. I know people that were blind but couldn't get Social Security 
she eventually passed on without her social security benefits. Yeah. And so basically, I'm just saying it's not right or wrong, but once again, it's, it's, a, it's a, a hodgepodge of, uh, it's not easily, you can't give one answer fits all, it ain't gonna happen. The other, I think the other thing too, pursuing what you're saying is, if, if you're looking strictly for the conversation of disability, define the word work. Sure. If work physical, or then if you're taking your time because you're unable to focus for two hours straight, right. or you can't be around the cleaning chemicals or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but you're going to the community soup kitchen, and I'm just grabbing things out of the air, and, and, and you're contributing that way, or you're doing other things. Is that not work? No, yeah, no. I think that, that it's uh, out of context, but I'll use it. But you know, when the landlord and gives talents, gives five to one, two to one, and one to the other, according to their ability. Right. Right, and so um, there's a lot of debate on what that means, but I don't want, for purposes of our discussion, uh, you know, people do have an ability to do something. Right. And so uh, I think the, the, the challenge we have in today's society is they reach a certain threshold and we're like, they can't do anything. And that's a, that, that becomes a challenge because then they believe that, right? They believe I can't do anything. And so now we, we get the cycle of, of, of victim mentality um, and it's not that they don't have obstacles to overcome. We all do, but some people have more obstacles to overcome. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Wounded Warrior. There's a lot of guys without arms that are doing a lot of good work out there, you, you know. And so um, Joshua 7, 20 through 22, I think Steve has his finger on it. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw um, among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I covered them and took them, and there they were hidden in the earth and in the midst of my tent uh, with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was hidden in the tent with the silver under it. Boy, that's that's super heavy. I need to tell you uh, when you read when you, before they go to the battle of the battle, don't touch that stuff at uh, Jericho. <laughs> He really meant it, and uh, I'm as guilty as Aiken, I'm sure, some way. You know, you're touching something that's carom or devoted for destruction, and whatever it is, but I mean, this is an example. I mean, soldiers die because they violated the, yeah. the covenant that God told them not to do. Well, again, in context of that, and you see it throughout Scripture in the Old Testament, stealing in that case would be disobeying God. Oh, yeah. Right, so God says, "Go, t go." Well, think of Saul. Go wipe out all the Amalekites. Yeah. Right. Well, but you know, I thought it would be good to come back and sacrifice some of the stuff, and you know, he justified it. But yet, God's like, "Uh, uh, <laughs> you're wrong." And so I think that 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 again, obviously, uh, stealing has its root in several things. Right, disobedience to God, lack of trust of God, taking things into your own hands. And not being content with what God has provided for you. I mean, there's a lot of things. There are so many examples. Um, Matt 19:24. Um, that's probably, even though it may not have been intended to, to deal with this, it it, it does. And it, you know, let me look it up so I can read it. Yeah, I'm gonna say let's get there. So. 
Again, I tell you, this is uh, Matthew 19, 24. 24. Yep. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through mm. the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Kind of equating to the same thing. Again, going back to the, the heart issue, right? You know, where your treasure is, there is your heart also. Um, and uh, John 12, 6, who's got that? The fog up your glasses, I know. <laughs> he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he had keepers among them. He used to help himself to what was put in. All right, so one of the disciples that walked with Jesus um, was the keeper of the money, and we hear here that, you know, he was dishonest and, you know, took something for himself. I mean, you know, um, I, I think I told Steve this, one of the things that I was told early on in ministry by, um, at almost every pastor's conference that Chuck Smith did, he would always say, every single one, don't, don't touch the money, don't touch the women, and don't touch the glory. I mean, that was his exhortation constantly. Um, and I think you look at, uh, at King David, and you see that was the fault, uh, you know, quite often that he tried to, you know, King Saul tried to touch uh, the glory and, and the money, right? He wanted what he could amass. Absalom wanted that more, and then you have... Even King Solomon probably was a little distracted with some women and with some money, we think, right? I mean, right? Well, we know. Um, and so I think that we see this pattern that, that hey, these things we stay away from, and, and the money is, is difficult. And so thank you, by the way, for how things are set up here, uh, because it's, it would be very difficult with the way things are set up with our finances here for there to be any sort of uh, fraudulent activity. So... Uh, that's very God honoring. So, Second uh, Kings five twenty through twenty four. Who wants to read four verses? <laughs> Don't all start at once. <laughs> I think Harold's got it there. Well, maybe I do. Okay. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said. See, my master has spared this Naaman, the Syrian, in not accepting from his hand what he brought. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. <clears throat> so Gehazi followed Naaman, and when Naaman saw someone running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet with him and said, is all well and he said all is well my master has sent me to say there has have just been come from me from the hill country of Ephraim two young men of the sons of prophets please give them a talent of silver <coughs> and two changes of clothes is that it? Um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be, that's good. So Naaman um, was a commander of the army of Syria, and he got leprosy, and somebody said, hey, why don't you go see Elisha? You, you know, he, he's a prophet, and he does mighty things of the Lord, so he goes there, and Elisha says, well, go dip yourself in the Jordan seven times, and he's like, well, but the rivers back where I'm from are way better than that. I'm not going to do that. And then his servants 
kind of convinced him, say, just go do what he said. And so he goes and he dips himself and he's cleared of his leprosy and he wants to pay Elisha for, for this advice, for this miracle. And Elisha says, no, I, you know, this is, this is God's doing. It's, it's for his glory. Elisha's servant then said, well, you know, behind Elisha's back, which when you do it, when there's a prophet like that, why would you do that? But you know. Anyway, uh, so he ran after Nahum and said, hey, 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 you know, um, Elisha's changed his mind is basically what he said. So he's misrepresenting, number one, and said, go ahead and give me some stuff. Um, and so he took advantage of the fact that he was Elisha's servant. And he went, of course, if you carry on the narrative, Elisha says, what have you done? <laughs> and he's like, uh. <laughs> and so what did I do? And so again, but we, again, it's seizing opportunity to get something that was not meant to be yours or that was not intended to be yours. Steve? I found it interesting when you were just saying that last thing over there, but what people may not remember in the story is that he says, did, my, did I not see when he went over there? Like he could see in the spirit or something. Right. What was happening, he's, you know, he, he's breathing, but he says, uh, the leprosy that was on the, on the commander is now on you. So he received the curse that was on that, on that general, Gehazi, and so basically I'm assuming he's not going to be around Elijah, I mean, it cost him dearly. There yeah. was a yeah. huge price to pay. There is a cost, yes. Um, so again, notice that um, not only does Luther clearly and simply explain the shall not of the commandment, but he also explains the converse and explains in light of the commandment how a Christian ought to live. And, and, and I think often, and, and I think that Meg said it several months ago, sometimes we just want to know what, what we're supposed to do. Right? Where we believe in Jesus, we, we know that we live this life of faith. Now, what does that look like, and how should we do that? And, and you know, I always hesitate, because we don't want to make a list, right, of do's and don'ts. There are definitely some do's, there's some don'ts, right? But, but in, in light of Jesus Christ, it's a life that's lived by the Spirit as we walk by faith. And so... And so the it, back to the intent of the heart is always okay. Is my is is am I allowing the work of the Holy Spirit? And and this is you know tough language with those of us who who believe that it's all God, right? And when it comes to salvation, God did it all. So tomorrow night with the men, we're going to be looking at Article 19, which is good works. And so I always the great phrase that I've heard since I've come to this tradition was, "Are good works necessary for salvation? No." Are good works necessary? Yes. And so you, you, you look at it and, and you go, okay, there's a balance here. But the expectation of the Christian is once they've entered into this relationship with Christ through the free gift of salvation that, that Christ paid on the cross for them, that now you're a new creation in Christ. And because of that, you function differently. So what does that look like functioning differently? And I think that in a practical way, in the climate that Luther was, was in, he just makes it very simple. Don't do this, so now do this. And here's what scripture says about that. Um, so sometimes I think that's good for us just to get back to that. Like, okay, um, again, your Christianity and your sainthood and whatever is not dictated by the amount of stuff that you do. But the expectation of someone who was in Christ is that they would now walk into the works and stuff that God has foreordained for them to walk into. Which is one of the reasons we gather together is to help one another 
seek the Lord and what he wants us to do all for his glory because we're not going to take it. So why do you think it's important that we move beyond the shall not and to seek what we do, what we should do? Yes, Steve. Every, whether it's an Aiken or all the examples of, uh, uh, that we've read over there, it was, it was a severe uh, cost um, to the degree that something happened. God gave a recompense, uh, whether you were uh, Gehazi or you were uh, Aiken or you were in the New Testament, uh, uh, Judas over there with the money bag. It seems like that your reputation, if you're a thief, it seems like there's a law of diminishing returns that you don't get more generous. You seem to you get more selfish, and there's a recompense. Your reputation, if you know someone that's a thief, you're gonna you're gonna be cautious. You're gonna you're gonna avoid them because basically they can't mm-hmm. be trusted. Okay. So why is it important though that we we look at the okay we shouldn't steal, but then we should this? Why is that important? What's your reputation? It's just. Okay. Giving out of, hopefully God and the Holy Spirit's giving something to you and out of gratitude you want to share with right. the world. Carly? Well, we, we are by omission. If we don't give, let's say, money, we don't tithe, we don't do the works that we should do in thanks to the Lord for salvation. I know we're not paying for it, but you know what I mean? We There's a lot of people that just, you know, well, I don't believe in doing this and I don't tithe and I don't give to that group or this group because they're not they'll just spend the money wrong. I mean, so if we have a good selfishness towards God, I think it would lead us to be selfish towards other people. So, are you saying, let me... Yeah, I'm not so good at it. No, are you saying that if we... Okay, it's not enough just not to steal, right? It's it's then, okay, what should I do with with what God has given me? Right, because we're stealing from God if we don't... Okay. Do Okay. We're 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 misusing the the gifts that he's given us, and so. We can find excuses. Sure. You know, sure. Warriors have been a scandal. They've had a scandal going. Right. Well, they do, and different things. I mean, you know, we can find that with everything and say, "Wow, I'm not going to go here. Oh, I'm not giving to that church. That pastor has a new car." And, you know, I've heard all of that. I don't have a new car. <laughs> soccer mom band so. but I'm running that thing and no, until it dies there's no payment on it it's a beautiful thing so uh, <laughs> so let's look at God's word Matthew 7 verse 12 so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the ah, so how many of us would get a little bent if someone stole from us Yeah, I have too. I've had, you know, and uh, again, it's for us, right? We hold things, well, hopefully, we encourage one another to hold things of this world lightly. Oh, okay, good night. Um, I just finally figured out what that's, what, what that's telling us. It's like it's going to sleep. It's like, uh, okay. Usually people set alarms to wake up, but not, not copiers. So, um, you know, and it's it's kind of one of these things where we have to go. What's the heart of God? Back to your your comment. Um, how many of us have cheaply dealt with the salvation, the free gift of of Christ that has been given to us? 
Um, how many people have misused that? How many people, you know, and, 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 and want to steal the benefits of salvation, but don't want to come under the lordship of Christ? Uh, and so, but yet you see Christ's heart is, I love him, I forgive him, you know, and, and so that's our challenge when someone steals from us, right, is to go, okay, what's God's heart towards this person? And I do think of, of everybody, Gehazi and King David, you know, King David repented, right? He repented of sin, but yet what was he told? Well, there's too much blood on your hands, you're not going to build the temple like I wanted you to. Um, and that was that marked David for the rest of his life. The blood shed a lot of blood, couldn't fulfill building the temple of the Lord. Uh, and Gehazi, well, now he's got leprosy. That's, you know, that's kind of, and why do you have leprosy? Well, because I did this, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's one of those things that, that he did. Um, how about Philippians 2, verse 4? That's the actual version, so that's good. Sometimes he doesn't quote it all. Yeah. So, um, how, how do we do that in, in today's society? That's, that's a little contrary to our culture, right? Look at the needs of others. In fact, in Philippians 2 there, before that, it, it says, in fact, consider the needs of others. Almost, if you really look at the Greek, consider them better than yourself. And that their needs should become before your own needs. Um, so, um, so don't, so ignore the, no, don't ignore. But you know, you go on the flight and they say, put, put the mask on yourself first. Well, which there's reasons for that, right? But when we're looking at Philippians, they say, no, make sure you look at their needs first. This has nothing to do with flight safety. But, you know, look at their needs first above your own. That's difficult for us, would you say, Steve? I was going to say, isn't that interesting that if you're looking out for their needs, it's such an uncommon thing. It's got to be an eye catcher to maybe an unbeliever or someone that's looking around saying, hey, that's, I never see that very happen very often. If this guy's actually paying attention to someone else, maybe the Lord is saying something like, you're setting yourself apart or you're representing me that I can actually do something. And I, I just, you know, because it's not very often that, well, it's, le- it's happening less over there when people are sharing what they have. But let's let's strip back, and we'll close with this, and then we'll finish it up next week. Let's strip back to the intention of the heart, because it really boils down to there. Because I, there's a lot of religious organizations, and I would say cultish organizations, that really look at how do we serve others so that we receive some of the glory for that, right? Look at how well I've done. Look at how much I've done. Look at how I served others. It's really self-glorifying or, or it's works-oriented to try to inherit uh, the kingdom of God. Instead of, of why can't, what, to your point, Steve, how does that look for us as believers to serve one another in a way that, has, that really wants to take the attention off of us? Back to Colossians 3, Every, everything you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, bringing glory to him. 
Um, and so that's, that's where we have to go. Okay, what's the motivation? Lord, search my heart. Psalm 139 at the end. Search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When I want to do something for somebody else, I do have to go, okay, what's my motive? It's the right thing to do, but what's my motivation? You know, I do that as a, as a spouse all the time. I, I like my wife to be happy, right? <laughs> so am I doing what is a lot of the things that I'm doing so that, I, so that you, you know, to create so that I won't have to, whatever, right? So that I'm happy because she's happy, right? Happy wife, happy life, whatever the phrase is, you know? Or am I doing it because of a pure love to bless, right? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes it is because I really love, sometimes it's just because I want to make it easier for the day because I want to not have to deal with some things, yes? So, you know, an example that comes to mind is people who, in later in life, donate a lot of money to a university or something, and then put their name on the building. To me, that I mean, that's exactly the wrong approach. You know, don't put your name on the building. Right. Just give them the money. Give the money. Say please, and write in there. Don't do it. Yeah. 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 No. Anyway, I mean, no, you, I you, <laughs> you can apply the same thing to any charity you. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know? No, I agree. What's the motivation? Why am I doing it? Am I doing it because I love somebody? Am I doing it first and foremost because I love God, and that's my motivation? And it's a great joy, right, to do it, uh, to be generous to others and and to help. Yes. And I think one way that a little person can do that is to give to the church with the expression of like, "Kirk, will you take care of this for me?" Mm-hmm. And it's as the church, and so the person does not look to me. Because there can be an attachment that isn't good, sure. or you you don't you don't need to get glory from if I give maybe something I don't maybe 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 need it, but I don't want her to know I gave it because I I just want us to be happy stowers. And you want her to go thank 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 you Lord that you provided for me, and I don't know who it is because right. then because then it ha- no feelings there of her having to. Right. Right. Well, and even and even if you gave it to her and and you both recognized it was from the Lord, there's still it still changes the narrative a little bit because you're like, yeah, I know it came from the Lord, but it also came from you. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Lord, thank you just for the practical um, message of your word that is, hey, don't still do this. But Lord. We recognize that, uh, as Jeremiah tells us, that our hearts are deceitfully wicked and beyond cure. Who can know it? And so we're so grateful that you know it, and you've removed the, the heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh. And now we battle, Lord, to, to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the, the desires of, of the flesh. So help us to do that, Lord. Help us to be people who, who, from the motivation of our heart, Lord, desire more than anything that you be glorified and that our lives would reflect um, a person who's been changed by the great gift of salvation. So, Lord, uh, continue to move in us. We pray for those who are not feeling well. Lord, we pray you just touch them, and those who are still on their way, bring them here safely. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.